Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's the worst date that you can think of that you've been on? Oh, coming to Tom Harris for a worst date question uh, answer. I'm sorry, Liz, but I... Uh, all my dates have been fabulous, he says. Uh, it's not that, that all my dates have been fabulous. It's just at 29 years of age, the past two girlfriends, my current girlfriend and my ex, I've dated for 10 years total. So going back to wow. 19, I haven't had many first dates right. to have gone wrong. But, but... Oh. I, when I was <laughs> just wait when I was 18 uh, I was single and uh, readers at home you may recognise this situation I was in therapy at the time and I was uh, I met a girl who had a boyfriend and Uh-oh. I didn't want anything I wasn't chasing anything with this girl mm. it was just it was just, it was just oh this is nice uh, I, we go to coffee together go for drinks or with her friends or so or something, it was a nice place for me to be. She was cute. I'm not gonna not gonna deny oh, that. I'm sure she was. And if something were to happen, oh yeah, lips meet lips. Or if that, if if, if then, she just fell onto your face, then then, then well, fine. That would well. have been fine. She was dating a, another Tom, and this Tom, it was a long distance relationship, and you know you know when you can tell that it's something isn't going to work out for someone. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, well, I don't have to insert doing? myself into that situation until no, no, it's no. fallen apart. I but, didn't, uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to stress that at no point was I uh, forward or chasing. Yeah. I was just an, uh, just an innocent. Innocently waiting there, lips puckered. Got it. But a depressed <laughs> asshole. And that was just there. One night, she says, hey, let's go for dinner and drinks together. Oh. All right, sure. But then with a caveat, we'll meet... uh, And then my friends are coming from another thing and we'll do karaoke. Okay, yeah, I'm always in for karaoke. Great. So I go along to that. And in the the to and fro between... uh, The back and forth between this was always like she would would be really kind of like ready to leave this other Tom... And right. then, but then, cycle quickly back to, I miss him, and I and I uh, and it was this inconsistency back and forth. Yeah, dinner and drinks. The type. Dinner and drinks happen, and that's fine. We meet up with our friends and go to karaoke, a public karaoke, mm-hmm. and she starts getting too drunk, vodka, lime, and sodas, my friend. I don't know what it is, and white women. Good lord. <laughs> Um, she starts getting too. She starts getting drunk and spiraling into. I miss him and I love him and uh, and, but 
before all this, she's uh, she's saying, oh, I can't wait to see you sing at karaoke. Okay. And I'm trying to go, I'm going, all right, I'm going to sing at karaoke. This is a big, big step, but she wants to hear me sing. I'll do it. In the end, she missed me, my turn singing. Oh, of course she did. <laughs> she cried. Too drunk, crying in the bathroom. <laughs> and I got called a f- while I did oh. karaoke. Don't feel bad about that. I've been called a f- more times than I've got fingers and toes. Are we bleeping that? Should we bleep that word? I feel like I want to bleep that word. I don't like it. And I, I don't neither like do it. I. I don't. I don't. It's like a very it. nasty, nasty. It is. It is. Yeah. But it it happened to me. Um. So that and then kind of from there, this this whole adventure had been going on long enough that I was like, okay. We can yeah enough yeah, now enough of that we're done so oh, it wasn't that's a day. like a it long drawn out pain oh yeah kind guys of an odd welcome one. to Ghost of Boyfriend's Past hello everybody that's I'm a painful start I'm, I'm sorry s- for my pain and like, for my language don't feel too sorry for him because he's had ten years of back to back relationships of bloody blissful happiness after that so he doesn't have to go on dates anymore I'm blissfully happy <laughs> I don't know about her <laughs> I'm Liz Best my co-host Tom Harris. Hello, everybody. It's a main episode, and because it's a main episode, that means we have a guest. Yes, a guest who's been sitting here very patiently waiting for me to, <laughs> waiting for me to wrap up. So there today's were so many parts where I was just like, what if I slipped a little joke in there? Yeah. No, it's not appropriate. No. I'm not supposed to speak. <laughs> you know, if you've got a zinger in the yeah. future and you're back as another guest next oh, yeah. time, feel free to drop that yeah. zinger. I'm, just, on, I'm just thinking because you're saying, just like, you know, I got my lips puckered and your asshole was depressed. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't even know how to depress your asshole. What does that mean? Yes, well. That's why I spent 14 months in therapy, my friend. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is Dom Guilfoyle. They are the creator of the podcast, The Missed Home Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality, as well as a freelance audio designer and all-round excellent human. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence Come on down. Hello, Hello. my friend. I'm here in this studio most days anyway, just because where else am I going to be? So it's no trouble at all. I think they're the only other person on the network with swipe card access yeah. to yes. the studio. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what, do we, what do we have to do, Elizabeth Best, to uh, end up with a Become sw- freelance audio uh, editors. One yeah. day. No, thank one you. Day. No, thanks. We still like having producer Zane pressing the buttons. I don't want to learn that. Yeah, mm. true. So, Dom, please tell us, because we were discussing off air kind of how to introduce uh, the topic that you'd be talking about today, and I thought that I'd hand it over to you to kind of chat about it in your own words and then we can get started on the story train so sure. what have you come to chat with us about today so uh i i am a person with autism or i'm a person on the autism spectrum or i'm an autistic person those are all different ways that different people like to refer to that sort of thing because there's been it's it's a, a field that's developed and shifted a lot of, a lot over the decades and centuries and everyone kind of has their own relationship with it. Mm-hmm. My own personal way I say it is that I am an autistic person. That's just yeah, that's just how I phrase it. But yeah, mm. I'm going um yeah, just kind of talk about how that's affected my ability to be in relationships at points, I guess, is the way I'll put that. And perhaps going back a little bit as well and figuring out some things post diagnosis yeah. that explained a lot of stuff in your dating history. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm 27, uh, and I got diagnosed with autism uh, at 26. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's a fair chunk of dating history where you yeah. didn't quite know what was going on yeah. as well as you do now. And I sought out that diagnosis myself, like, independently, obviously, because I'm an adult, and it's not cheap, and it's not easy, and it's a long process and all that, but it's one of those things where 
I kind it had kind of been something that had been discussed in the past and I'd been tested as a child and then apparently the person who did the test who was the head of the whole thing that was doing the testing thought because I expressed empathy I can't have autism oh uh yeah, lots of different right. people have different bad opinions, including I feel professionals like it's a in the spectrum, field. Spectrum, and that's not something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that kind of stopped me from getting diagnosed for quite some time. And looking back at a bunch of things, it could have been very helpful. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, I have a thing where I don't. I just think of myself. I, you, you, and a lot of things, but a lot of people think of it in this terms, where you think of yourself. Even if you think of yourself as weird, you still think of yourself as normal to a degree. Until for me, it was like. I was told, like, at 13, it's like, oh, you have depression. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course I do. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. like, a few years yep. back, one of my uni lecturers said, I think you should be tested for anxiety because I'd been having anxiety attacks all semester. And I was like, yeah, of course I've got anxiety. No care. That's what this is? Of course it is. I found it more when I was diagnosed with different, like, anxiety or depression. I found it kind of – I thought everyone felt like no, that. No, exactly. And that's the, yeah. you know, you're just like, oh, this, this isn't how – everybody yeah. else feels all of the time yeah oh yeah oh. but like it's, it's one of those things where it's just like oh this is how people oh that's how people with anxiety feel and it's just like that's how you feel it's like oh, oh. i have oh i have I, the thing i remember yeah. sort of breaking down in tears but out of sort of relief mm. when i was diagnosed depressive because i was like it having a label or having yes something on it to sort of uh, to understand it better, it's. I was like, oh, thank God! It's yeah. some. It's something I can, I can sort of physically, uh, not physically, but I can understand. I can picture. Yeah. I can yeah. grapple you with. You can Google it. your symptoms. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a dangerous exercise. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. But that's why I got the diagnosis last sure. year. I went to Autism Queensland and I did a few tests and that sort of thing. And it was interesting doing the test because I was just like, oh. Because I'm, a lot of people, some people might not realise I'm autistic until we get into a social situation or they realise that I'm quite, I don't make eye contact most of the time. Like, I feel like sometimes it was just like, okay, I've got to find somewhere to just like have an eye line that isn't below the eye line because then I'm just staring at people's chests and sometimes <laughs> that's a, a poor idea. Um, isn't the forehead or just between the eyes? Uh, yeah. it, it, too, to too close to the eyes, anywhere. Too close, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even even while I was doing the test, like I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at masking. I'm just like, I, I don't know, maybe I am maybe I should be letting myself letting my guard down a bit while I'm doing the tests because what if they think that I'm not? And then I looked at the results and they were like, oh, very strong masking. And I'm like, oh, they know. They can tell. <laughs> they know what this. was going on there. <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, I got that. Uh, last year, and I have been in a few relationships, like three relationships in air quotes. Like there have been other people who've kind of come and gone, but there were three where you could have called it a relationship. Um, and the first was when I was a teenager and I didn't know jack shit anyway. So I can't, looking yeah. back on that, it was just like some of that might have been the autism and some of that might have been piece of shit teenager. Teen yes. angst. I know. Um, but then there was one of the things that I have dealt with, one of, one of the things that that is fairly common well, it can be common. Autism, again, it's a spectrum. That can be common with autistic people, and it's something that I deal with is transference. Okay. Um, Tell us what that is. Well, it's where you transfer your feelings from one thing onto another thing. Right. So, like, and a big problem for me that really messed up, what could have been a, could have been a really lovely relationship, could have gone well, was that I was with a person. Um, we, were, we went on a couple of dates. We had a really good time. We slept together, and then we slept in the same bed that night. And I'm very particular about sleeping in bed I need like I, I have difficulty sleeping anywhere that isn't my own bed mm-hmm. and I have a very difficult if I am not 
I don't have a fan disturbing the air mm. on my face. Oh yep. my god, me too. Uh, yeah, one hundred. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, but like that was me in bed, and she was also trying to cuddle with me afterwards. Right. Uh, and I also have a touch aversion, so okay. all of that, yep. all of that meant I had a horrible night's sleep. Of course. And then I woke up in the morning, and I hated her. Yes. Oh, that's difficult. I didn't know why, obviously, because I didn't have the diagnosis yet, and it was just like my my feelings about that night's sleep was just and it was like it's so petty but it was just it was like it was just there like I was just like oh that I can't like the force of her made me feel bad and I tried to like hide it by avoiding her for the next couple of weeks which was the wrong thing to do because then she thought that I had uh just used her for yeah. sex of and then like we had like the whole big difficult conversation uh like we had like where I was just like I swear I'm not being a piece of shit to you and all I could think to say was just like, I just don't like cuddling. And that was all I could think, because what the fuck else had Well, how done do it? you explain that mm. when what you had, don't have a comprehension of exactly. what's happening? I didn't, I, I didn't understand what the problem was. I didn't understand where the problem began and where it led to. And it just really, yeah, it, it wound up with us both, becoming, both being very hurt, obviously. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's kind of like the main thing that occurs to me is like, and again, like if I had known, if I had had a diagnosis at that point, I would have been able to identify what was happening i would have been able to be like okay you 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 don't feel these things about this person you had a bad night's sleep and that person was there mm. yes and then it would have i would have been able to apart from anything else maybe discuss that with that person and be like we need to slow down a bit for me because i'm having a bit of difficulty in my head right now but i just had no idea what was happening and so i was kind of just uh, a mess that that just yeah really screwed things up because I, I yeah may I ask out yeah. of curiosity um at the time when you were f- when you were feeling did you uh, dislike this did you blame the person because because it was their house and their and you I, were in their bed and that's what or was it was it more I didn't have a good night's sleep therefore I didn't like I, I don't like I this person do you some know? combination of the two yeah, it sure. was just like yeah, it sounded like there was a lack of specificity you just yeah. had a negative feeling yeah. and associated yeah. it with and like her. yeah like because I because I, as I mentioned I also have a touch aversion which I didn't really quite understand at the time like you can know that you don't like you can think you don't like touching some like being touched rather but then like when you think of that in the terms of it's not I don't like being touched. It's I have a touch aversion. Then you go, that's not something where it's like, oh, I should just push through that for social reasons. It's something where like, no, I actually need to set boundaries for myself here. Yeah. And I didn't know to do that. And so I'm just like lying in bed already having a bad night. And then it's just like trying to spoon me. And it's like, oh, mm. this and is the worst fucking night of my life. And having, I haven't been on the other side of that in the exact thing, but I have been on the other side of trying to cuddle with someone after sex who doesn't like cuddling, like not necessarily a touch aversion, sure. but it's just like, please stay away from me. And it is the worst feeling to yeah, be on the sure. other side <laughs> of that too. I, I'm always too, I, I run Without with- Without that communication. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I run hot. So I run with the core temperature of, the, of a dying star. And post-sex, I'm hot, I'm so- so hot and then <laughs> poor lady wants to cuddle it's just no yeah, i'm look, dying here yeah. so i'm sorry i'm sorry everybody no uh, that, but this is the thing you would have communicated that because it was yeah. something that you understood so when you don't understand something and can't communicate it that must have been really tough on no both wonder parties. people are getting hurt yeah. yeah absolutely yeah it was just one of those things where you you don't have the language to begin to understand it let yes. alone explain it yes um so yeah and what are some other things that you came across, um, came up against uh, that you now understand about yourself? 
Uh, well, th yeah, there's another relationship that it kind of came into, but for, for similar reasons, um, where it was just like, I kind of, I, it, it was that I was trying, I was trying to, without really understanding that I was doing it, trying to force myself to be someone else, try to force myself to be a more, I, I like the word that is, comes to mind is outgoing, but that's not quite the right word mm. because it was a more, a more forth, a more forward person, a more, like yeah, more the instigator of things. Yeah, kind I of was trying. Yeah, I was trying to be the person. I don't. I, I guess trying to be like the society's version of what a man is supposed to be in a relationship, and that's another thing that I later realized wasn't me. Uh, is a, a man, um, <laughs> uh, and it just like not knowing what the knowing not not knowing what the different where where I ended, where society's expectations began, and then like that kind of. It's and the way I'm describing it, it doesn't necessarily make it sound like an autism thing, but I think it was. I think because I was, I was not understanding what I was trying to do. I was, yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to shift my mask a bit because, like, when you're, because a lot of autistic people that they they do a thing called masking where they they conceal their autistic tendencies, like there are, like a lot of autistic people have stimming where they like they do repetitive motions or like them or vocalizations i tend to do some vocal vocalizations mm. uh although when my partner and i went to a zoo a few weeks ago and as i was saying like the big cats and the monkeys my arms were going everywhere and it's just like yeah i know i'm having a good time because i can't control this <laughs> right. uh yeah um and it was yeah it's just one of those things where i didn't quite have the understanding of I, I was trying to change myself and i was trying to change something into something i didn't understand so you were and yeah cause problems you're going all right there's a there's a there's a way to be a, a yeah. man in a relationship and I, I, I'm I going to be that but yeah. then totally uh, yeah. not and, understanding or and, missing the uh, yeah yeah and then again that kind of led into again a transference thing where I was having a bad time and in that aspect I didn't even really understand that I was having a bad time at that until long after it was like kind of thinking about how I've been in relationships since where I was just like I am not enjoying this part I cannot be in a relationship with this person this is horrible like it was right. like it was really like I it was a real problem it's, we kind of got together and broke up a few times but it was always just like after a li after like a few days something would happen like that made me kind of not that made me feel actually like feel bad in my head like it wasn't like oh I hate you it was just like my my brain and body feel bad being around you right now and that's such a bizarre and ridiculous thing to explain to a human being that you'd like without knowing that oh it's because i have these things going on in my brain how do you explain that how do you how do you begin to say like being around you is making me feel all the negative emotions at once and yeah yeah especially cuz obviously to be on the receiving end of that would yes. be hurtful and yes. as we've demonstrated you have empathy so yes. you would be aware that that is but also not be able to explain why those feelings are there so, yeah. yeah to someone you're trying to be in a, or in a relationship or trying to be you yeah. clearly like them you clearly yeah. have positive things to to say and feel for this person but then you're yeah. like oh i and hate everything about this it's yeah. really and from, from from the other perspective, it, it it felt like I was being I was being just completely hot and then cold, mm. and yes. like and I, I I acknowledged that, and there was just nothing I could do about it. 
because I was really I was really trying and the trying made me feel worse. That just feels like almost a, the way that you describe it sounds like an out of body experience, you know, when you realize exactly what you're doing and you can't stop yourself from doing it. Mm. Kind of except that I'm trapped inside, inside my body. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. an inner body. <laughs> just like nightmare. The, abs- the absolute nightmare of having a human body and all that. Oh. Um but I think when it's it's kind of I don't know if it's te- revealing or whatever, but I am still friends with both of those people. Um, in quite good friends, really. I'm still like we have repaired those relationships partly because they never turned into long term relationships. They were kind of weirdly intense, brief and repetitive attempts at a relationship yep, sure. in both mm. ca- in both cases. But I'm still good friends with both those people because on both sides, even though we didn't know what was going on, we both we were just like. After the, after the the hurt had worn off, it was just like, well, Dom wasn't being a piece of shit. Dom was just being kind of weird in ways we can't understand. So let's just try to move on. And this was a this didn't work, but let's still be fine, sort and of thing. Have you talked with these people since your diagnosis? And sort of has that come up? And has it the, uh, the experiences of each other? Not pati- we haven't really discussed the diagnosis. Um, I don't really see them in person that much. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair. weird thing to talk about. Of on course, text. of course. Um, but it is a thing where I am quite confident that because well, I've posted about being autistic on Facebook before, and I'm quite confident that both of them would just look at that and go, "Oh, oh no, kidding? Y- yeah, really? I'm both. Really? Yeah, like you didn't know that. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like when you get close enough to me before I knew it was probably very obvious to the point where people. Some some people would think, oh, I had no idea. And some people would go, you had no idea? Sort of. Yeah, no. it's one of those things, though, where I've I've thought that about exes before, and but you never want to be the one to be like, hey, yeah. I think you might be autistic or on the spectrum or yeah. something like that. Because if they're not, it's incredibly offensive. Oh, I have a friend. This came up the like a couple of weeks ago that like as they were breaking up, the person was just like, yeah, I think you might be autistic. And it's just like, okay, that's a very strange and rude thing to say yeah. in this circumstance. Like, not a rude thing to say normally, like, well, it is a rude thing to say if you're not saying it well, it's, but it's, it's like a, it's not a bad thing to be autistic, no. but to say it in that context is yes. just like to explain yeah. shitty behaviors. Yeah. It's it's I think is a is a is a yeah. shit way of accusing someone. Not accusing it see, it sounds yeah. like you're yeah. accusing right. someone. Well, it's it's excusing yourself because the other person is yes. the person with the problem. Mm. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So in terms of your present relationship, um, how post diagnosis, um, how do you navigate that now that you're more aware of of your behaviors and yeah. tendencies? Um, so I got the diagnosis like, jeez, how does how 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 have the last few years worked temporally? I have no uh, idea what's going uh, on. Anything no. after uh, not- <laughs> March twenty twenty yeah. is just a blur. Like several several months after, um, maybe even a year. I don't know. My di- uh, I started with this current relationship. Um, I I was not diagnosed before the relationship, but. It was something I was aware enough. Like I was kind of referring to myself as just like as undiagnosed, like kind of like I should get a diagnosis, but I know this about myself. Mm. Like I was, I went to see a therapist about my anxiety, and it, and the autism thing came up, and the and the therapist was just like talk, like in the, in my first session was just like yeah, I was thinking that that might be the case just from our conversation, mm. and it was something we talked about in. 2019 when I was starting to date this person my current partner we started dating in mid 2019 I saw that therapist in late 2019 so it was something that we always that was being discussed actively was the possibility of me having autism and then uh sometime late 2019 through mid 2020 I don't really remember when the diagnosis happened anymore Mm. um but one, one thing that was 
noteworthy is that in my first date with my current partner, uh, we were sitting in a coffee shop and we laid out, we both laid out our mental health histories. That's kind of nice. That's yeah. kind of refreshing. Yeah. Because my partner also has different <laughs> different stuff to me. My partner has uh, my partner has ADHD, um, which is different but has overlaps with yeah. with autism. Um, so we both and also like just we've and we, we have other overlaps and that sort of thing. Um, so that is something that we were both much more upfront about. Um, and understanding of one another and I think both of us having our own different things is uh, is nice because we both understand that sometimes the other person just needs something and in my case a lot of the time it's just space um, but I've also noticed that um, as I've grown more comfortable like and my partner noticed and thought it meant something was wrong but it, I don't think so was that I s- just started like letting myself not want to be touched um, which is like you know, early on it would just be like oh yeah we, we were just being you know very contact heavy that sort of thing um but then i would just be like more and more just be like i'd rather not be touched and just like and eventually now my partner asks permission before touching me which is which is good um because otherwise i can have a bit of a oh, mm. crumple up inside myself kind of moment and at my first my partner was just like is something wrong you don't want to touch my me and i was just like no i think it's because i'm more assertive and comfortable with you that I am more willing to actually be like, no, this isn't something that I should have to yeah. put up with, yep. I guess is a way to put that, where I was more comfortable and confident in saying, no, I'm not being weird. This is like, I am I, ha- I am averse to being touched. This is just something that I have to deal with and I would like some uh, a help in help with that, I guess, is a way to put it. Um, in you not touching me unless I want it, sort of thing, which is you know communication. Yeah. Everybody, mm, yeah, absolutely. like, and mo- everyone should not be touched if they don't want to be touched. But I think, especially in a in a relationship, it's kind of normal that you might like, oh, just hug, or might just kind of poke them, and it's just like, or be a little bit handsy, yeah, or like yeah. touch like, a leg God, or something. Yeah. It's like incidental touching, you don't seem to think about very much yeah. in relationships. It just happens, but. Yeah, but but with me, like, and they've done well yeah. with that boundary. Yeah, for the most part, like, 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 no, no, not for the most part. They, they, they are good with it. Um, especially over time, they've gotten more used, more good about that. Mm. Um, and do they ever come to you and kind of say, "I know that you don't like being touched, but I really need to be touched." Yeah, at absolutely. The moment? And no, how it's, do you deal with that? I, 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 I make do. Weigh it up. Yeah, I make yeah. do. Like, if I'm, if I'm aware that it's going to happen and I'm actively consenting to it, then it's not as big of a deal. Like, it doesn't feel great, but I'm just like, oh, this is something that I'm participating in. I'm doing it for my partner. Because my partner will be like, can I have a hug? Can I, can I hug you? And I'm just like, yes. And, like, very rarely will I say no because if I'm in a really bad spot, um, mm. sometimes I might need to. But my but it's just something that we that we navigate and that we deal with together is that sometimes we are on different um, pages about that, but we just make it work. It's a nice mature compromise yeah. kind of system. And That's it's, very good. And it relies on both people having yeah. a good amount of empathy and, and knowing and, and where the other person yeah. is at. Yeah. Um, I really like that. That sounds um, incredibly functional, to be honest. A nice communication style. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And it's one of those things where before I got my diagnosis, I might have felt a bit a bit weird about it but now I'm just like no this isn't me being again like I said this isn't me being weird this is me being autistic and needing some needing things to just be a little bit different and that's yeah. not a prop that's not bad that is no. just what it is mm. and everybody like everybody has their own things that they like and that Absolutely. they don't like um yeah. and and I guess almost putting a label on uh, you know putting the autism label on you has given you the confidence to set that boundary yeah, exactly. which is which is incredibly healthy. Yeah, sometimes labels can some some labels aren't always good, but sometimes they let you 
define yourself to other people more strongly. They let you, they are, they are, labels can be very powerful in, in, in good and bad ways, but they can let you use kind of a, a cultural understanding. Another person is just like, hi, here is a label you can apply to me. And they'll go, ah, here's a list of things that makes me aware about you. And in some cases that can be very helpful as a kind of shorthand for establishing the boundaries and the, what the relationship can be. Yeah, because then the other person can also, you know, do their own research yeah. and kind of, you know, actually understand part of the mystery that is the other yeah. person in a relationship. Yeah, and my partner has done that every now and again. Like one time my partner messaged just like, do you have anything to help you deal with, with meltdowns? Like, is there anything I can do with help you with that? And I was just like, I don't have meltdowns. That's not part of my... That's not part of yours. That's not part of my experience yeah. of autism. And it's just like, yeah, that's just something that we can talk about because... That's that's better than if I did have like uh, like meltdown like over because I can like sometimes I'll I'll get a bit overloaded particularly sensorily mm. like that's another thing which is just like I close my I close one eye a lot when I'm out on a sunny day because two eyes bringing in all that light it's just too, too much, much for me mm. and like that felt weird until I was like oh no I'm just naturally avoiding sensory overload but like yeah anyway that's just a tangent but yeah that's just like something that if that was something that could have been a problem with me and I might have been too awkward to bring up but. But they've done their own research yeah. and, 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 and they've understood yeah. a potential uh, avenue for uh, for you to walk down and they've, yeah, they, yeah, exactly. they've, they've, they've armed themselves. That's great. Yeah, it's great. So can I ask what advice you have for people who suspect that they may be on the spectrum or autistic or an autistic person, however they mm. wish to define that? Um, uh, well, unfortunately, I can't like blanket recommend getting a diagnosis because it's expensive. Yes. Unfortunately, as an as a prohibitively as, so, I've heard. Yes, I I am fairly frugal and I've been working since I'm four, was fourteen, so I was able to, uh, and I don't go on holidays because I forget that holidays are a thing that you can just go on. Um, so I had some money. <laughs> well, <sort> of, <laughs> unless you do them in Australia, they're not really anymore. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, exactly. Um, so I had some money set aside. I was just like, no, this is something that's actually important to me. So I spent that money. Um, yeah, but talk to a like you, you know, you, even if a therapist or a, um, isn't specialized in psycho in in autism, there are psychologists and psychiatrists out there. Of course, I'm talking about Australia. I don't. Mm. Yeah, um, you, on your mental health plan, you can uh, you can you can just talk to a you can talk to someone about it. And even if they can't give you the diagnosis because that's a specialist thing, you can talk about it and find out. Even if you can't get the diagnosis, you can talk through. And, you know, self people self-diagnosing themselves with autism is a mixed blessing because sometimes, because, you know, sometimes if it helps you, that's great. But if you're actually misdiagnosing yourself, that can be more harmful. Yes. But, like, just talking to someone and figuring out what your own deal with is never a bad thing. Uh, and again, even if you can't get that actual diagnosis, you can at the very least understand yourself a bit better and learn the language that will help other people understand you. Because it's, uh, yeah, again, it's a two-way street with uh, with understanding another person, and it can be very helpful to just be more upfront about what your needs are and what your limitations are. Yes, perfect. And just for anybody who is unaware, because sometimes people listening aren't aware that these things are available to us in Australia, um, we have a, a mental health care plan that you can go to your GP and get, and it means that the government will subsidise psychology and psychiatry sessions yep, yep. for you. And that subsidy is actually usually quite significant to the point where, you know, some sessions may only be 50 or $60 gap fee. Yeah. 
um, for each session. So just in case someone with younger ears is not aware that that is a thing that we do in Australia, um, you can get, and some some of the psychologists that you can see will have little to no gap as well. So you can research that. But we, um, we are slowly starting to get better at helping with uh, mental health care and issues in Australia. So if you do want to seek some kind of professional advice on any um, characteristics that you're worried about in yourself or any mental health issues that you're having, please do chat to your GP about that. And Dom, I'm curious, you mentioned that as a, as a child or teenager, you were, you were, had the chance to be diagnosed and, and, it, yeah. and they missed. Do you have any idea on what percentage of, of sort of adults end up being diagnosed as uh, oh, I, actually, with, I actually don't know off the top of my head yeah it's, I don't I, I'm curious I think it's 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 one of those things where it's just like uh less than the actual percentage like my dad's is probably uh, no let's not get into that my dad's probably on the spectrum but he'll never see a psychologist <laughs> oh, in God, his life no. certain he's, people he's, he's of a, certain generations he's a 60 something mining engineer you know yeah. stiff upper lip and all that jazz yeah I don't know the statistics but there's there's absolutely no harm in finding out or trying to find out. Yeah, of course. And in my specific uh, instance, if you live in Brisbane or nearby, I went to the Tawong Specialist Clinic um, because there you can see uh, like the registrar psychiatrists and psychiatrists are usually very expensive. I paid 50 bucks a session um, for those visits because there it's the re- like it's their final like year long like oh i'm being underpaid but this is how i get my psych my um certification thing so that yeah the tawong specialist clinic if you are looking for a more affordable psychiatrist um Mm. google that so this is the part of the podcast where we usually talk about what we learned and we've already heard a lot about what you've learned because it's all learning yeah is there Mm. anything that we haven't mentioned that you've learned that you wanted to mention we focused a lot on uh, sort of relationships, yeah, sure. dating relationships, and have you found a change in your just your, in your in everyday life, or has it informed yeah the, those relationships with with friends or people you have to work with or, or similar? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I mean, co- I mean, COVID. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's to say how any of my re- my interpersonal relationships? Yes, are going? of course. I am actually trying to be more social, especially since COVID. In in Australia, COVID is not so much of a constant threat anymore so like in the last year i've been just like chat like chatting with people online and that sort of thing and joining a online community and then going to meetups in real life and that sort of thing and that's not something that's not something that i feel like i i would have done in the past i'm very awkward and that sort of and nervous sort of person anxious anxious is the word um but then like knowing a bit more about like part of what the deal is there and how I can deal with that that's made that more easy to manage because mm. it's like oh I don't hate going out and yes. having fun with people I ha- I hate how loud those places can be because mm. I can't deal with that that sort of thing so like maybe I need to ask for the vol- maybe I need to ask for the volume to be turned down if it's not actually an import if we're not at a club or something like mm. like just like at like mm. at, out at the um, at a bar, a bar or something, we're just eating. And it's just like, hey, we're under the, the speaker. Maybe I can ask that to be turned down because that's what's affecting my my enjoyment right yeah. now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the main things that I've learned from this episode is that um, uh, first of all, uh, putting a label on things is not always a bad thing for yeah. different people. Sometimes it can be constricting, but I think in some ways, putting yourself in a box is actually freeing you from the rest of society's kind of. Uh, trying to sure. put you into their box you've you've put yourself into your own yeah. but um that communication as always is key and mm. i think that um kind of giving yourself the permission to to 
tell other people what your needs are rather than going, well, I'm, you know, this need is strange so I'm not going to tell people because they might judge me and having the confidence to just let people know what your needs are and if they can't meet those needs then clearly they're not your person kind yeah, of thing absolutely um and I think that's great and I and I am actually uh, filled with a little bit of warm fuzzies hearing about your relationship just because I mean I I get off on good communication <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think it's so good I think it's so good that you know you have a need you communicate it it's heard and then your partner tries to anticipate those needs it's just it doesn't happen in my relationships but yeah well, you, so just, you need to start talking about mental health from the first day that's, yeah. that, that's mm. the key that'll always work out well yeah. depressed and anxious yeah, well, yeah. line got, up gentlemen yeah. <laughs> actually no to be honest I've got those both under control because I was diagnosed and and yeah. now, you know, if your brain doesn't make your, your own serotonin, storeboard is fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, 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 that was a hell of a first date because not only did we have that conversation, we also saw a man get crash tackled by the police in the middle of Queen Street. Whoa. Not the pl- not like the not like the plaza walking area, the road. The road. Oh, yeah. Cool. Just like, and then we went and got uh, iced tea. It was lovely. Oh, mental health, <laughs> police incident, no, yeah, iced tea. What more police can you brutality. Ask for? Yeah, it's all great. <laughs> Wow. But yeah, like I, there's a lot of people who who think that depression and anxiety is a stigma, and look, it still does have a lot yeah. of stigma as well. Um, but something that I was saying to someone else is that, well, if you're a diabetic, you take insulin. So if you don't make serotonin, why can't you take something that helps yeah. you make serotonin? Like it is a medical condition. It's not just oh, I'm a bit sad today. Like, yeah. mm. and I th- and I think that the word they're stigmatized is what's important there because the problem isn't with you; it's with the people who are doing the stigmatism. The, yeah, the stigma. The stigmatism, Stigmat- I guess, yeah. that yeah. sounds like an eye that, problem. No, that's yeah, astigmatism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but yeah, like that, <laughs> which the is problem, not astigmatism. Astigmatism is yeah, one word. The stigma okay. towards it. You're not the one with the problem. The people who have that bigotry are the ones with the problem. Yes, but that can be very hard to yeah. feel. Tom, what did you learn? Uh, my lesson, I suppose, is when. Okay, uh, so I have, can only talk from my own personal experience. Mm. Mm. When you are, uh, when I'm in the middle of, I was in the middle of a, a terrible depressive. Uh, spate for about a week about two weeks ago and the people that are closest to you that you love and you care about the most are the people that uh, will be the people you put the most blame and pressure on yes sure. does that make sense no, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm trying to link it I'm trying to link it to your story Dom about you weren't it wasn't you not enjoying her company it was you not enjoying the the night's sleep you had yeah and putting that so it's not it, it like it's not fair but that's not your can't you know, I are you re- trying to recontextualize your transference here like are you kind of trying to i don't know when realize i realize that when i yeah you're putting pressure on i don't know i'm uh, it's if you're if you're to you put you put blame on on people that you care about the stuff that's going on inside your head yeah. like affects them in the real world. Yeah, and it and you bl- and blame can be attributed to them. Uh, when you're not in your right mind, you're you're coming out and saying uh, your feelings are, oh, they don't care enough, or I don't, or even I don't want to bother them with my with my problems. I don't want to hurt the people, I, I, these people. Sure. So why would I? I don't want to reach out and. And tell them I'm having a bad time because they, they, I love these people. They so don't, is they your don't lesson to, to communicate that more thoroughly? Or my lesson is to, to keep a tab on that, everybody. Uh, check in with yourself. Check in with yourself yeah. and, and, and try and, and just see what you're, 
what you're putting on other people and whether it's fair or not. Um, and yeah. often you, and then you go and you come through the other side and you go, oh no, I was totally, totally being unfair. Mm. They don't, and they don't even know that you're thinking and feeling these things. Yeah, yeah. and even communicating after the fact and being like, I was being unfair. You know. Yes. It's Look, so I think important. the communication has been the overall theme oh, yeah. of oh, this whole episode. It's the oh, it's the overall theme podcast. of our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, you're one hundred percent correct. Um, look, Dom, thank you so much for coming on and helping us understand a little bit more of that and talking about your own experiences. Um, hopefully, uh, hearing about some of your experiences may spark some things in our dear readers who, you know, may want to get some things checked out about themselves or may feel freer to communicate, even if they're not, you know, diagnosed on a spectrum about if they are touch averse and, and kind of yeah. communicating those kinds of things. Um, I would love to hear more stories or have more guests about um, dating on the spectrum or as an autistic person or with autism, whichever mm. way you prefer to define that. Um, so if you would like to write in, um, we've got ghostsofboyfriendspast at gmail.com or if you'd like to be a guest, it's thatsnotcanon.com forward slash ghostsofboyfriendspast. Please write in. I'd love to hear stories about how you got your diagnosis, about different things that happened before and how you've got a better understanding of yourself um, because I think – Talking about, you know, dating stories that aren't what you would call, you know, typical is is incredibly helpful um, uh, to both myself and Tom and to our readers everywhere. Each and every one of you listening, here's super valuable information. Um, but if you're enjoying the show at all, if it's A, helpful, or B, uh, makes you laugh, you know, C, D, anything, we would love a rate uh, comment, review, share, subscribe, yes, all of those buzzwords. We would, we would love the um, the sort of warm kumbaya hug of Ghosts of Boyfriends Past to continue around the the globe. Yes, and we've started reading out some of our reviews on our mini-sodes as well. So if you want your name and you're a comment, you know, up in lights in an audio way, <laughs> <laughs> please write in. Dom, can I give you one last opportunity to plug your wares? Oh, my wares. Uh, my wares is a podcast also on the That's Not Canon network. It's uh, it's an audio drama, It's which which is like a radio play. It's uh, called The Mistone Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality. Uh, I write and perform and produce the whole thing. Uh, it's the audio tour guide for a museum of strange and potentially magical, potentially dangerous artefacts. And every episode you go on a tour and you hear about some of the art of the exhibits in the museum and also maybe what's going on behind the scenes and as of the last few episodes we've been having the lovely voice of yes of our liz Yay. i was going to mention yeah i haven't listened as i said before when yeah. dom got here i haven't listened to i'm usually an absolute whore for listening to my own stuff but <laughs> i haven't listened to my own stuff yet because i got stuck into listening to yeah. the full show before and during recording and i'm not up to my bits yet and i don't yeah. want to jump ahead yeah, so Liz, Liz comes in uh, 17 episodes yes. in. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it was fun the other night because like the first, like it's kind of been teasing Liz's full appearance the last few episodes and the final, first finally had like an interaction between like um, the main character and Liz's character and it was very, very fun 
watching like some of the listeners like live blog on discord about it and just knowing it's just like ha 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 they're enjoying it so far but when they get to the end and she's mean to the main character <laughs> just like watching all of them go I, I will throw hands I know. how dare you I'm expecting look people are fiercely protective oh, of yeah. your character so to, to put it in context I'm the first other voice on this podcast other than Dom and people are so from from my little research before I did my voice uh, work people are fiercely protective of the character <laughs> that uh, Dom plays so I'm um, well when there's only one I'm a little bit nervous (laughs) they all seem lovely so far it's not it's not big enough for the crazy like no no yeah someday though well, right. yes. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, we we always love your your listenership and your support. Um, stay well and go go well into the week. And keep communicating with each other. Yes, I hear it's key. <laughs>